This is Julia Sotis, and you're listening to A Different Reality. What else is possible beyond this reality that you haven't yet chosen? And welcome to a different reality podcast. I'm your host, Julia Sotis. Uh, Julia Sotis Mattis, also. I like to use my husband's last name too. Um, So I've (laughs) kind of got a thousand names. Um, And today I have an amazing guest, um, Nicole Kim McDermott. And she is actually um, a certified facilitator of access consciousness, a certified facilitator of the joy of business, and um, a I'm going to call her, I don't know if you agree with this, but I'm going to call her uh, a big time stock market trader. I know you're not trading a billion dollars, but I think it's amazing what you do. And to me, it's big time. And um, Nicole also has a jewelry business. She loves to make jewelry, play the stock market. Um, She lives in New York with her husband and uh, has a pretty amazing life. And I think it's gotten more amazing as you've used the tools of access consciousness, if I'm safe to say that. Nicole, and uh, I'm just so grateful to have you on today. Thanks for being here. Yay. Thank you so much, Julia, for inviting me here. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, it's awesome to have you. So, um, Nicole, do you want to just tell us a little bit about, let's just start at the beginning. I would love to hear, I just think your story is amazing and a facilitation in itself. Um, And I'd love to hear just a little bit about your childhood, you know, the different things you chose, where you went to school, and then sort of the, your first career and some of the things that you did. Cool. Okay. So I, uh, I was born in South Korea and grew up there. And my mom was an entrepreneur and my dad was an artist. Um, it was just really interesting to uh, grow up that way. And my brothers, my, one of my brothers and sisters were, were artists as well. So I sort of grew up in this sort of like fine arts, fine artsy environment. And, you know, wow. all of us did music. Um, you know, we played piano, violin and my brothers were in rock bands so the influence on me was just so cool we're always playing something together or singing together it was just a lot of fun and my mom was all about opulence and luxury and she just loved amazing beautiful uh high-end things and my dad was sort of like more chill laid back um he just you know he loved fine arts and um going fishing you know, so it's like totally, two, completely two different characters, right? And I, I liked both of them the way they were. Um, and I grew up pretty much good at a lot of different things. I was good at sports, music, arts, and math and physics. Just pretty, pretty much, just like I don't know, well-rounded per se. Only thing I hated was I think literature and history. But nowadays I like history. So I decided to come to New York um, to start to go to school for fine arts. And then my mom's business sort of like fell apart around that time and she couldn't support me. And um, so we figured out a way. It's like she was already supporting all the other fine artists in the family and nobody was actually bringing in money. (laughs) <laughs> and she was the only one who was sort of like funding everyone's uh, expensive lifestyle. 
What was your mom's career? Oh, she was an entrepreneur. She did a lot with real estate and um, she had shops and she had multiple wow. businesses. So wow. she, was, she was really, really active. And, what a powerhouse. Um, yeah, huge powerhouse. And she was known in my city. I, was, I grew up in um, the southwest of Korea. And, you know, it's just like a small city. It's not as big as Seoul. The capital. That's beautiful. I mean, I have not actually been to Korea, either mm-hmm. Koreas, but I've heard it's just stunningly beautiful. Like, South yeah, Korea. there are some interesting and beautiful parts. And um, so, yeah, my mom was kind of like known in that world for money and, you know, like, I don't know, the one of the movers and shakers. I mean, back then, you know, wow. so um, so I came here, I was going to do the fine study fine arts but the school was expensive and like she really didn't see that I'll make any money after the school just like everybody else in the family (laughs) so she was like not you you can't do fine arts no more I can't do this anymore so she was like you know why don't you choose something that is commercial enough so I could use my creativity but then I you know I could support myself right like become independent so I was like yeah 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 so I found fashion design. It, it seemed to be quite interesting. And I was always interested in fashion. So I went to school here, the Fashion Institute. And then I um, went to Europe for a couple of years to study and sort of like travel around. And I came back to New York and I was like, yeah, now I'm ready to work. So I started working for big companies. So I ended up working for giant corporations um and it was kind of fun in the beginning it was very hard for me because I was very um I could nobody could tell me what to do and I wanted to do what I wanted to do and I wanted to create what I wanted to create not necessarily like following the orders of these companies right right so I had I had some tough time in a few for a few years um uh, and then it, by then my, my mom stopped supporting me, sending me money. So, so, so I became totally like independent, you know, in terms of like money and finance. And I became a career woman, which was so not me. But, you know, back then I thought that was the only reality that I knew. And, and therefore I need to just do it, follow it and, and just continue to live that way. So yeah. worked hard. I worked hard and I really want to become good and... Um, I got better, I got promoted, 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 and worked at really, really, really good companies. People uh, seemed to like my work. They appreciated what I had to offer. So it was good. You know, years went by. I, I became a senior executive of a big company, you know, like well-known, like worldwide. And my work became really good and my life became comfortable. Nice. But then my personal life wasn't that, that exciting or fun. And I was doing a lot of like spiritual work, a lot of meditation, going on meditation retreats or yoga retreats and, you know, studying different modalities and all sorts of things. They really inspired me. Um, I wanted to become a healer, but I was afraid of other people's (laughs) judgments. And also I wasn't ready to sort of, you know, move on from my design career and start a whole new life. I was very like scared about that. And I didn't think that I would make good money being a healer or energetic, you know, whatever, intuitive, right? Right. <laughs> and and my mom, she was sort of like, she had all these like expectations, um, you know, over me as to, oh, like you'll be so successful. Uh, 
I mean, for her, me becoming some sort of like energetic healer and stuff like that was like so weird. <laughs> right. So, you know, being a good daughter, of course, I would not deviate from, um, you know, my family or my mom's expectation over me, right? Mm-hmm. So I just kept living my life and I my health was sort of like falling apart and I just really didn't like what I was doing anymore. It was just like I, I got really bored, you know? Mm-hmm. And the, but the the compensation from the company was really great and my life was really comfortable and so it was really hard to leave that salary behind and start a whole new life Mm -hmm. but in my mind I was thinking I need to change I need to change my life so I was thinking that and it was good that my health sort of fell apart so it became a perfect excuse for me to take a break for a couple of years nice (laughs) Smart. I know. So I like my, my body was smart. My body knew better <laughs> than me. My body sort of knew what to do in a way. And yeah. when I told other people, oh, I don't feel that well. I can't digest any food or whatever. I'm like, my back hurts. My neck hurts. This problem. So who's going to argue with me as to, oh, my God, you have to continue with your career. You got to keep making money. You got to continue to work hard. I mean, nobody was saying that. Everybody was like, oh, poor Nicole. You know? <laughs> Oh my God. So a few years before then, um, I got really um, interested in really expanding my skills around investing because I look around, I mean, I live in New York City. Some people that I knew, you know, built tremendous wealth using stocks or certain, you know, knowledge in, 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 in financial markets. So that really fascinated me for years that I, I studied. At first, it's going to be very complicated and just really couldn't figure it out because sometimes I'll make a lot of money and sometimes I'll lose some or a lot or make it back and it just seems like there's like no reason rhyme or reason whatsoever but I knew that there's something going on behind the stage that maybe I could learn and then I found excess consciousness Um, a good friend of mine introduced me to exit bars um, I was just trying to figure out what to do with my life, you know, after I stopped working as a you know, fashion executive. And I really wanted to create my own company. Um, so I was thinking of, so I had already started a jewelry company years before while I was employed. But then I wasn't that excited about it. And I wanted to start a fashion brand. But then I was like, I thought, like really had many doubts. And my interests seemed to go all over the place in terms of learning new modalities, new energetic, uh, learning about new energetic tools and stuff like that. So you see, like my mind was just ridden with many different interests. So even though I wasn't working, working per se, I was very, very busy. So my friend Donna offered to um, run my bars. I had no idea what that was, but the energy seemed to be really great. And I was always kind of, uh, intuitive. So I follow the energy, follow the um, lightness that I perceived back then, even though it was, you know, a lot more limited compared to now. I really liked it. I felt like I was like kind of floating after the session that I received from Donna. I felt like I was like floating with ease. And I felt like I was like swimming in, in this like energetic soup or jelly. <laughs> And I was like, oh, this is so cool. So I learned it right away. I signed up for the class, learned it, and I took other classes. And I thought it was so interesting. So I took one class after another with Access Consciousness. 
And then after a while, I was like, oh, I have I have taken enough for me to become a, a certified facilitator. Um, so yeah, it was sort of like, I kind of like took a leap because you know, still then I, I thought that, oh, there's no way for me to become this um, kind of facilitator and still run my business and still focus on investing and live my life with my husband. And, you know, we go way often, we go hiking every weekend and we entertain, you know, to our friends and family often. So I really didn't know how I could make everything work, but then there is something about what if I could. What if, uh, what if I could beyond my expectations? So I was like, what the heck? Let's try this. <laughs> so I signed up to become, um, uh, to attend the uh, uh, training for uh, Access Consciousness Certified Facilitator Training. And um, yeah, so, and, and actually that provided so much for me and interesting things started happening. And yeah. I became... Um, a leader per se in my own life and my businesses and instead of instead of going into my head or worrying about my future or dwelling on doubts and, and uncertainty of future or you know current state I just started choosing you know that simple tool of access consciousness just choosing even though I don't know how everything's going to turn out just like being in the matter in anything and everything and like me choosing to be happy and you know joyful and you know abundant and glorious in everything I choose to and be and I just took one step after another and my jewelry business started flourishing people started noticing my work and they started noticing certain energetic um, charge with the pieces I make so there was like really interesting. And then my, my investing grew in a way that I'd never experienced before. And, you know, it, it wasn't, I mean, I, I could say in the beginning, it wasn't that easy. And I started using access tools, you know, the simple tool of light and heavy, right? And who does this belong to? Like, so um, instead of following the hype, I started just questions, like started with questions, simple questions with stocks I started talking to the things that I already owned and also the things that I I wanted, wanted to buy or sell and I started there it's like super simple and I and, and and I learned fast everything just got expanded so much more and I and I was like wow this is like really really incredible that um I could trade stocks or invest in things with the tools of access consciousness are like really, really incredible. Um, what else? Yeah, so I formed a few companies with the things that I do and my life sort of became, how can I say? It's made up of multiple things, but it's never um, just one thing, never something boring. Because like I used to think that if you want to become good at good at something, you have to focus on one thing and do that thing only every day. Like that sort of belief system in that I like bought into probably yeah. from someone or some success guru or some whatever, like famous rich people, you know, that I read about or heard about. And I sort of like, you know, let all those belief, beliefs go. And I'm really just acknowledging, you know what, I'm different. 
And the things I like are different. The things that I'm good at are different. And also it's my choice. I would like my life to be more fun. And I would love to just get to do different things all at the same time. Right. And I, I stopped worrying about people. You know how people make you wrong when they see you, like you do multiple things, they really like go into judgment of you? Yeah, so, I, like, yeah. I was, you know, it's kind of interesting that you mentioned that because it really honestly like creeps people out when you like have too many things going on. Like they assume that you're like failing at everything or something. It's very strange because it's like they mm-hmm. just don't have a reference point for being successful at a whole lot of things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, I stopped trying to be successful. Like success, success used to be really important to me. Well, can you say more about that? Yeah, I would love yeah. to hear more about that because I think that's some pla- the place where we really get caught in the judgment of success. Well, you know, I, I grew up in a small country, like underdeveloped back then. And my parents divorced like when I was young and my mom was a single mom raising five children by herself. And she, had, she sort of like drilled this concept in, in me or in my siblings that you know, you got to work hard and uh, you got to su- be successful. You got to become independent, like, you know, like all these things. I'm sure a lot of parents probably say that to their children. But for me, the pressure was even greater because I had it that I have to make my family uh, become successful again kind of thing. You know, my right. mom, I mean, nobody told me that. I sort of like took it upon myself. Yeah. Um, and it was really heavy. I had this like tremendous uh, pain in my body all the time and it's just a huge burden and then you know with, with access consciousness I realized that I wow like who whose belief did, did that belong to was it truly mine it wasn't mine so right. and I became free and I was just like well what if life doesn't have to be like all about success all the time because like in truth like what is success it's just so conceptual totally it's it's you know? whatever it's you know whatever people make it or judge it to be and and that's so true yeah and working in the in those great companies they're great companies but the way we were working or the, how much joy and ease did we have we didn't people are suffering and i was like wow what would it take to have more joy and ease and yeah. you know being able to really like communicate or um, interact with people in different ways that is more honoring of each other and really like creating possibilities that really contribute to everyone rather than it's always about the, co- the company's um, uh, profit or income you know there's just yeah. so much pressure around that that people the way people um, felt valued or whether they were contributing or not like that didn't become an important thing right people are just used in a way that was just not really um contribution for them and people are just really unhappy and you know being a having been a sensitive person i was like absorbing all their (laughs) emotions (laughs) and fears and you know yeah and and back then i thought i was going crazy i thought i was getting really anxious and worried but then I was picking up on all these other people's fears and anxiety. So, wow. 
So can you talk a little bit more about that? Like for you, I mean, we have a tool in access. Who does this belong to? And I know a whole lot of those of you listening to this, you know, know that tool and use that tool, but it's, you know, it's really the basis of, of everything that we do in access, because it's like, you can't actually change something if it's not yours. You just have to return it to the person whose idea, judgment, Mm -hmm. point of view, thought that it is. And it's like, you know, for you, like, where did, who does this belong to? Where did that tool sort of come into your life? Oh, so the company that I was working for, they're, they weren't doing that well financially. So they started laying off people. And I know, so I was in a management position. So the company laid out a plan um, to sort of like letting the managers know that, you know, these many people need to be let go, fired. Um, and that brought up a lot of intensity or emotions in me because, you know, they're my people. I don't want to let them go. And I, I made it so significant too, that as if if I, if I fire them, then that's the end of their lives or something. But, you know, some, oftentimes people find better jobs after they get fired or they get laid off, right. Or they, after they move on from working at one company. So I was like ridden with all this pain. Um, and a lot of anxiety and fear. And I felt like somebody was coming to get me or something. That's sort of like strange feeling. And I was like, I, I was just like, what is going on with me? Maybe I'm losing my mind, finally. <laughs> I was like, this is like so crazy because I've never felt that way in my life. Hmm. Um, so I was going to go and get my head checked. And... <laughs> <laughs> As you do, you know, that's the, you know, the logical thing to do. That's funny. Seriously, like there are days, Julia, that I go home because like, you know, laying off people, the whole like period of time was like stretching out to months. Like one stage, we're letting go of a thousand people. Next stage, another whatever thousand. So it's like the whole process was taking months and months. And I was just like dying because again, I made the whole process really significant. So there are times I've come home and tell my husband, oh my God, Michael, I was sitting on my desk. I felt like somebody was like coming to get me or I don't know, I felt like somebody was grabbing me. I got like really scared and anxious and antsy. Oh my God, this is so strange. Like that, very, wow. very strange. So, and I met- um, Wow, which is the exact emotions that you would have of, right, if you if were sitting fired, around waiting to get fired. Exactly. Can you imagine you sit around every you come to work every day, you sit around, you don't know what day you're going to get fired. But then you see your friends and, and colleagues getting let go one by one, all of a sudden, they come quickly, they pack their things, they have to run out and the security guard is like standing next to them or sometimes HR calls, calls you into their office, you go and they notify you, they offer you some severance package and whatnot, and you just need to leave the building right away. So wow. it's, like, it's just yeah, it's, it brings up a lot of intensities. It's, you you know, it's wow. just, can you imagine what, what goes through people's minds? Wow. The ones who get fired and also the ones who are sort of like waiting around and, you know, for yeah. days and weeks waiting because they know that eventually they'll get like, you know, they'll get let go because the company is doing so badly. Like that sort of situation. So I was going crazy. And I was like, why am I so scared? Anyways, I talked to one of um, Access facilitators. And she started asking me, who does that belong to? I was like, what? What do you mean? I'm feeling that. I was like fighting. Fighting to tell her that that, those emotions are mine. 
she was like, <laughs> laughing and like asked me more questions like is it possible that they don't belong to you or you know ask yourself nicole like are they truly are they truly yours and i got that oh my god they're not mine wow no. even realizing that offered me so much more awareness and, and space and then we have the access tool of where does it belong to? If it's not yours, then return to the sender with consciousness attached and you add a clearing statement, right? So I did that a few times and then I became kind of calm and I became just myself again. So I was like, wow, this is so cool. And then I got my bars run and my head was so clear. And I'll just have this sort of state for like a week or two weeks at a time after I get my bars run. And I had clarity in my life. I got that, you know what? I don't need to get afraid. And also this may be a huge opportunity for those people who are you know, being let go because they probably hate to work at this company that is dying. <laughs> and they're offered a severance package for a few months or a year or whatever so that they could you know, plan out their next step or look for a new job or take a little vacation. And, right you know, so it's, there's it's possibilities yeah that's yeah. an amazing story of who does this belong yeah. to because it's so totally. clear you know it's yeah. so clear um in that story like that it wasn't yours you know and and mm -hmm. that's really what it comes down to that's amazing and the same thing in stock market too like you know i trade stocks sometimes a lot sometimes not that much and it really depends on what i perceive nowadays but then there are days that i feel like i have to buy everything <laughs> and I'm like, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Let's ask some questions. Who, who do these desires belong to? Are they truly mine? And right. most of the time they weren't mine. Right. So I return them to sender and then I get clarity and then I'll just ask more questions. And then I, I could uh, choose to, you know, buy certain things or sell certain things. And right. that is coming from me, not like really picking up on other people's thoughts or feelings or emotions. And also in the stock market, there are a lot of actors, promoters that promote certain stocks so that people so that people like buy into the hype. And right. then after everybody buys into those hype, then the pros will sell. <laughs> like when when the retail uh, like when small investors buy, all the, the you know big players will like quietly sell. Wow. You know what I mean? And yeah. then all these people, all these little people like you know, bought all this stuff thinking that, oh yeah, so-and-so said that it'll be great. Or CNBC said that this is going to be the next hot stock. And then they were like a few weeks later, the stock goes down, goes down more and more. Now they can't even like sell it because it went down so much that they, they feel bad, feel bad. That's another topic to talk about. They feel bad to sell because then they're going to take a loss, right? So how many times does that happen? All the time, all the time. Wow. wow. So that tool, that simple tool, Saved me so much money and agony. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it! I love it. Yeah, that is so but, awesome. Julia. But I'm telling you, but some, some, some days, it really comes at me as if they're my thoughts and my feelings. Wow. You know, yeah. So just practicing, and you know, sometimes I, I use that tool over and over, like repeat it ten times. Who does it belong to? Ten times, twenty times. Totally. I do that too. And I really had to learn that sometimes for me, I needed to repeat it, you know, 
for me, like usually three to five times will work sometimes 20 times, but it always works. And it's the other thing I noticed too, is it sometimes it doesn't change within 30 seconds. Sometimes it changes three minutes, four minutes or five minutes later. So it's like, Mm -hmm. I'll use the tool and then just give the universe a second to rearrange. And then five (laughs) minutes later, it's gone. But what I used to do is like, who does this belong to? Oh my God, it's still here, you know? (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) So I had to learn to give it five or 10 minutes. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's an amazing tool. Same for body intensity or pain. So much, you know, left me and I was able to remove a lot from my like body too with that little tool. So, Wow, that's amazing. Wow. Well, thank you for coming on. I wish we had more time today. I love chatting with you. I feel like we could go into like six more podcasts with all the other things I haven't asked you about yet, but thank you for being here and just for your awareness and, and your amazing story. You're welcome. Yeah. Awesome. All right. And thank you to all those of you who are listening now and in the future. Um, And Nicole is on the access consciousness website. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. she's on there as Nicole Kim McDermott. And so you can find her at accessconsciousness.com um, and search up Nicole Kim McDermott. So thank you guys so much. Thank you, Nicole. And have a great day, everybody. Bye. Bye, everyone. Thanks for joining me on another episode of A Different Reality. It would be awesome if you could share this podcast with your friends and family. I'm always looking to spread the seeds of consciousness. And you can find me on my website at juliasotis.com. Until next time, what energy, space, consciousness, and choice can you be to create a reality totally beyond this reality with total ease?